Well, here's a good freeze frame moment. Seeing your kids move out of your house. That's a great freeze frame moment. That's, a, that's one that you think, oh, every day, allow me to experience that. We've all had those freeze frame moments in our life that have shaped us and formed us in, in some way. Do you have a freeze frame moment that you recall when God's word directly spoke to you about an area in your life? I want to say that again. Do you have a freeze frame moment that you can recall uh, that where God directly spoke to you from his word in a particular area in your life? Do you have a freeze frame moment when you use the truth of God's word to defend yourself against the onslaught of the enemy and the world? Do you have a freeze frame moment when you shared the word of God with someone who was lost or had no hope? Tonight, one of the pieces of armor is, and take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You don't have to second guess this. It's not like, well, what does that mean? And take up the sword of the spirit. Oh man, what was Paul talking about? He tells you right there. That's why they gave me this one. It's not hard, okay? Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I could pray right now and I would say, guys, take up the word of God and you will see God use you and bless you in a way that you can never imagine. Things will be different with you. Things will be different in your family. Things will be different in your workplace. Things will be different in your life when you take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to backtrack just for a second because we've been talking a lot about Ephesians. And I'm going to give you some softball questions. Who wrote the letter Ephesians? Paul. Who does Paul write to? The Ephesians. Okay, that's why it's called Ephesians, the, uh, the city of, of Ephesus. Okay? Uh, do you know where Ephesus is? It's modern-day Turkey. Yeah, on the Aegean Sea. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so it is located in what is now modern-day Turkey. Paul says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I think we know that. But I want you to just listen for a second. The Word of God, like a sword, is useless if left unsheathed. It's, I should say it's useless if it's left in its sheath. I, I got this when I was overseas. Everywhere when I go overseas, Guatemala, Honduras, Cambodia, Thailand, they all have a machete. They all have a machete. And uh, so I somehow got a hold of this and put it in my luggage and brought it home because the carry-on would not work, okay? You don't want to bring this in the carry-on, all right? Um, this will hurt. This will hurt. I have seen guys machete stuff, trees and grass and you name it, okay? This will hurt. But I will never see in the news, on the radio or newspaper, Man killed by sword sheath. I've never seen anybody killed by sheath. In order for the word of God to be effective, in order for the word of God to change us, it has to be taken out and it has to be used. I think we kid ourselves, and I kid myself thinking that after th almost 38 uh, years of ministry, I've got this down pat. I don't. I don't. And so uh, this is good for, this is great for church discipline, by the way. 
this is excellent for church discipline. Um, so come see me afterwards if you have an issue. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Ephesus, just back up, because if we don't know a little bit of the background, we won't really be able to understand some of Ephesians 6 that we've been covering. Okay? In Ephesus, Ephesus was a large port city, uh, around 300,000 people. What, what's the city of Akron? How many people are in the city of Akron? How many? 300? Okay, whatever. So... 300,000 people in Ephesus, okay? Uh, the city was just engrossed with temples and shrines uh, to worship Greek and Roman gods. Uh, Ephesus was this major port, so many people were coming, going, buying and trading uh, along the way, making it the second largest city next to Rome itself. That's just a little bit of background, because if you're going to read the book of Ephesians, you probably know a little bit of the background. Um, because Ephesus was under Roman authority, it was not unusual to see a Roman guard in Ephesus. And so when Paul talks about putting on the full armor of God, don't you think that as they are reading the letter from Paul and they are seeing a Roman soldier, they're able to put two and two together. That they now understand what the armor of God looks like because there is a Roman soldiers or Roman soldiers walking around all the time in Ephesus. And so, grab your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to again read this great passage. We'll start in verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and, done, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, and here it is, and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? So we see it, we know it. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication of all the saints, and also for me that you may... that that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Every Roman soldier would carry a sharp two-foot sword for close combat when they were in battle. A sword is, is no good if not picked up and exercised. Okay, It's like your lawnmower. Your lawnmower virtually is useless unless you what? Get your wife to mow. It's useless. No, you have to pull it or get on it, and, and it, it has to work out. Same way with the word of God. God has given us his word as a powerful weapon when standing up to the enemy. He's given us his word when sharing the great salvation that we have in Christ. He's given us his word when we need comfort and direction and, and uh, guidance. 
Even Jesus used the word of God in Matthew, what, when he was tempted in the wilderness. Remember, chapter 4. He used the word of God. So the word of God, one, is powerful. Would you agree with that? Okay, three of you. The word of God is powerful. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it is powerful. And it's powerful for our lives. It's powerful in being an influence in other people's lives. It is a powerful, powerful, the word. It's powerful. Um, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. You'll see it up here. Can we read this together? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. How do we learn to be noble and true and pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy? Where do we learn all of that? From the word of God. We don't learn that from the world. We learn that from the word. And because of that, Paul says, hey, what you have seen, what you've heard, what you've seen in me, put these things into practice. Again, time and time and time again, if you've been in circles long enough in church, you know the importance of not only reading your word, but what? Living out God's word. Because the end result will be what Paul just said here. What is the end result of God's word in your life? The things that you have seen and heard and seen in me, put these into practice and what's the benefit? It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. And so let's just stop for a second. Could it be that the reason why there's little peace in many of our lives is because we're not in the word? But when you are in the word, it fills you up and you have more than enough to share and your thoughts, your intentions, your words, your attitude, everything begins to change. Paul says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I want you to see up here this next slide. The Word of God gets you where you need to go. I, I think that is true. It gets you where you need to go. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It helps me to see where I'm at and where I'm headed in life. The word of God helps us and gets us where we need to go. It provides direction. It provides guidance. It is a map for our life. Yes or no? It is a map for our life. Okay? If it is a map for our life, don't mean to beat beat you guys up but if it is a map for our life why do we not pick it up and read it distractions so many things going on in our life is that a good excuse probably not but it gets you where you need to go i'm so thankful for that throughout god's word it is a map it is a trail it helps us to see where we're to be going in the future but it also keeps you where you need to stay. The Word of God is an anchor for our soul. It helps me to be grounded, a foundation. Uh, how many of you have ever seen a bad foundation on a house? Right now, 539, beautiful church, old church, bad foundation, okay? It has been there since, uh, uh, Norm Kursak, how old are you? Over 100 years old, okay? <laughs> Over 100 years old, it, 
bad foundation. And if you've done any kind of building, you know that a good foundation is critical to everything going up from there. The Word of God is that anchor. The Word of God is that foundation. You want a good foundation for your family. You want a good foundation for, for your marriage. You want a good foundation in your business. Man, it's, it's got to be the Word of God. So it keeps you where you need to stay. I'm grounded. I'm grounded in His Word. And then it calls you back when you tend to stray. Honesty, how many of you ever strayed from God's Word? Okay. If you didn't raise your hand tonight, shame on you. Okay. Uh, we all have strayed at times from God's word. We've all drifted from God's word. And that's scary because when I am in God's word, that's the last thing I want to do. But when I'm not in God's word, that's where I'm prone to drift. And so uh, the word of God gets you where you need to go, keeps you where you need to stay, and calls you back when you tend to stray. couple questions. How many of you have some kind of coffee maker at your home? Just raise your hand. Whether it's the one cup or it's uh, uh, the multi, you know, the glass thing, you know, that holds about 10 percolator, you know. Some of you had the old percolators, but we all probably have something like that at home. Okay? How many of you have an electric saw, hand saw, of some kind in your home? Some kind of saw. Okay, good. How many of you have a push mower or a riding mower? Yeah, aren't these great questions? Um, if you answered yes to any of those, more than likely you feel comfortable handling them. Why? It's easy to pick up an electric saw and use it. If you're using it a lot, you feel comfortable with it. Okay? You ever talk to somebody, you ever give somebody a knife, and they're like, oh, oh. They're just so afraid the knife's just going to slit their hand off. Okay? Or you give somebody a gun, and you say, hey, could you hold this for me? And they are not used to handling a gun. And they're like, oh, no, no, I am not going to hold it. And then they hold it this way, you know. Or they point at you, okay. We're not comfortable. We're comfortable with our mowers. We're comfortable with our coffee makers. We're comfortable with our electric saws. How comfortable would you be if somebody had a heart attack in here tonight to know where the defibrillator is in the foyer? Most of us would say, well, what's a defibrillator? Some of us would say, I, I'm not even quite sure where the foyer's at. And some of you, if there was a heart attack in here, some of you would say, he's going to die. Okay? Because we're not what? We're not comfortable with it. I was told where it is. I can see it right from here. I was told a couple years ago how to use it. But if somebody had a heart attack in here right now, I would struggle. Because I'm not comfortable, I've not become familiar with it over time. If we're to take up the sword of the Spirit, it should be something that we say, you know what, I am familiar with it. I'm familiar with the Word of God. I don't know all of it, but I've been reading it, I'm acquainted with it, and I'm comfortable handling the Word of God. You can see how comfortable, some, comfortable someone is handling the Word of God. Uh, at Easter time, I was sitting beside my sister. And she goes to church uh, Christmas and Easter. That's about the only time. And Butch said, turn to the book of Mark. She grabs the Bible and she goes, find it for me. And I, I understand. I understand. And, and so I asked my wife, find it for me. I couldn't find it. No. Um, we are not comfortable sometimes 
And if, we, if the word of God is the word of God, um, are we finding ourselves comfortable with how we use the word of God? So I'm going to give you four words tonight, which I feel are freeze-frame moments, which um, when it comes to the power and the effectiveness of God's word. So four, four words tonight just to hang on to. Freeze-frame moment of the effectiveness and the influence that the word of God can have in our life. And the first word is the word declare. Say it with me. Declare. One more time. Declare. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in my life that I declare. I declare my love for my wife and my kids. Um, when I come home from overseas travel, uh, I, I declare that I'm a U.S. citizen. Uh, when I come home overseas and I'm going through customs, I have to declare if I have brought any kind of nuts, fruits, plants, or meat. I have to declare that. I also have to declare if I have over $10,000 with me, which I've never had to declare. Okay? But there's a number of things that we have to declare. I hope that we would never, ever grow weary in declaring three things. The glory of God, the goodness of God, and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are familiar with God's word, those three things will resonate in our heart. And when someone says, oh, glory be to God, we understand that. And when I say, somebody share about the goodness of God, you're like, it's on the tip of my tongue. And you say, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I know it and I'm sharing it. So declaring, declaring, declaring. Um, we cannot declare those things if we're not familiar with the power of God's word. Psalm 96 Verse 3 says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Um, I think everybody should have one of these. Uh, it is a Gideon Bible. Uh, Dan Gorley is not here tonight, but Dan Gorley is a Gideon. And Dan Gorley became a Gideon. Some of you are like, what's a Gideon? Well, have you ever been to a hotel? You ever open up the drawer and you see a Bible there? It's by the... Gideons, okay? And so they supply Bibles all over the world. And Dan said, I just became a Gideon. And I go, oh, great. He goes, if you ever need any Bibles for when you, for when you go overseas, I can get them for you. I go, really? He goes, oh, yeah. Just tell me how many you need. I said, I, I need 150 for the Dominican Republic. I need 150 for Honduras. I need 100 of them for Guatemala. And so he has been giving me these. I think every one of us should have this close to our heart every single day for two reasons. One, there's got to be a day that we're weary. There's got to be a day when we're discouraged. There's that day when you are in the office and everything is just not going well. And you, are, you just want to run. And this gets you where you need to be, keeps you where you need to stay, and calls you back when you tend to stray. It's close. It's something I need to read. Also, I need to have one of these with me because there's going to come a time in all of our lives if you claim you're a believer that someone's going to walk up to you and say, hey, can I talk to you? I've really been searching in my life right now. And you know, you say you're a believer in Christ and I'm not quite sure what that means. But could we talk? And man, you have the sword of the Spirit right there, available to you. 
And so um, I would give you this one, but it's in Spanish. Uh, so unless you know Spanish, and I don't. <laughs> uh, but I think this is so important. So that picture right here is a picture. We gave 160 Bibles out in Honduras to 160 pastors that came from all over Honduras to a pastor's training. And to see the excitement that they had to be able to have a personal Bible that we gave them. Uh, they were so thankful for that. So declare, declare, declare. Luke 8, 39, declare how much God has done for you. When we neglect the word, we miss the opportunity to be reminded of all that he has done. When we miss his word, we miss the opportunity to be reminded of all that he is doing. And when we miss the word of God, we miss the opportunity of all that he is willing to do in the future for us. Maybe you've heard me share this before, but there are missed opportunities, and then there are opportunities you don't want to miss. How many of you have ever missed an opportunity? I think we all have. Maybe there's a concert you could have gone to, or a play, or a baseball game, or a playoff game, and he said, I don't really want to go. And then it was like spectacular. And everybody's coming back saying, you should have gone. It was fantastic. And you're like, I missed that opportunity. There are opportunities that we miss. And then there are opportunities you don't want to miss. Every day. I would love to stand up here tonight and I would tell you that I am in the word of God every day. But I'm not. I strive to. But there are days I don't want to excuse this. There are days I just don't. And I don't know why. If the word of God was air, we'd be going to it every day. And yet I find that there are days when I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to just camp out on the past instead of, Lord, what do you want to show me today from your word? So this is very convicting for me as well. Because there are days, man, I am ready. I got the sword out and I'm all excited. And there's other days where I'm like, where did I put that sword, by the way? And maybe you feel like that as well. So um, we cannot boldly declare God's word if we're not familiar with God's word. So that's the first word. Second word is go. Go. Say it with me. Go. It's very easy. God never told us to sit and live the dream. No, he told us to go. That is the dream. To go. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, where it tells, go into all the world and make what? Disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, to go. I have very little to share if I'm not in the word of God. And I'm supposed to go. As a matter of fact, if I'm not in the word of God, I probably won't want to go. To go. To declare the glory of God, the goodness of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to go. To go. Just, just as a side note, how many of you have been on short-term missions? Just raise your hand. Guys, it, it, before you breathe your last, go on a short-term missions. Uh, whether it's to Maranatha or the church that you attend, Go on a short term. It will change your world perspective. It will change everything for you. Go. Um, this cannot be done unless we're immersing ourselves in his word. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and proclaim or declare the gospel. Here's a picture of uh, the pastors in Honduras that I, I was there just a few weeks ago. Just an incredible time. For these pastors, men, this is their training, which is a little scary because I'm training them. 
This is their training. They are in a village by themselves. No accountability. They maybe are the only pastor in this village. And they have very little Bible training. And they come and they gather. And we train them. How to be better pastors. How to be better leaders. And to influence their church. But it all revolves around the word of God. We're we're not giving them uh, stuff that the world would give them. We're giving them the foundation of God's word and what it says. So to go. um, Think of it this way. I wear a size 12. My wife wears a size 6. Okay. Scripture talks about feet and going. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, how then can we call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, Paul did not say, how beautiful are your feet? Because if you think about it, your feet are not beautiful. And if you think your feet are beautiful, think again, okay? Feet are ugly, okay? And if you're like, no, I like my feet. My feet are beautiful. They are not beautiful, all right? Believe me. They're Ask your wife. She's just putting up with your feet, okay? But it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, Um, Our feet are beautiful because we go and bring the good news of Christ to a lost world. That's what the word of God does. Don't just hide the word. Don't just keep it to yourself. Declare it. Go and share it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this. For the word of God is what? It's alive and it's active. Do you believe that? Man, I mean, I have seen it just face value. I've seen how the Word of God is alive and it's active. You ever, you ever uh, talk to somebody that is so on fire for Christ and they love His Word and it's just, it's beautiful to watch. And you know who those people usually are? New believers in Christ. They are reading the Word of God for the first time and they're like sucking it in. They're just immersed in it. The word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that, that is convicting. Because there's times when I've read God's word and I am so convicted by it. So convicted by it. And there's other times where I read God's word and I'm so encouraged by what I'm reading. And there's other times I read God's word and I, I'm just ministered by it. It brings comfort in my life. But it knows the intentions and attitude of my heart. So declare, go. Third one is stand. Stand. Go back to Ephesians 6. As we've been talking about the armor of God. And I want to just look at a couple of verses here that speak about standing. um, And how important that is. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We will not be able to stand against the schemes of the devil if we're not putting on the armor of God, certainly if we're not in the word of God, okay? Think right, do right, feel right. Think wrong, do wrong, feel lousy. When we're in the word of God, we're thinking right and we're we're doing right. Um, Look at uh, verse 13. 
We'll go to verse 12 first. I'm sorry, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and it goes on from there. Um, Jim May, I'm going to have you come up here for a second. Two of you, two people clap for you tonight. I want, you, I want you to stand right here. I want you to stand right here, okay? So we are told about the importance of, of declaring, going, and standing. When we talk about standing, we're like rooted, okay? See this? How strong was he in standing? A finger, one finger pushed him back. Now, let's do it again. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Guys, it's the times in our life when we are tempted. It's the times in our life when we know we should not be doing or looking or going someplace. It's the times in our life when all of a sudden the world has just thrown us a curveball. And we're like, I did not see that coming. Those are the times that we need to stand. It's at times like this when we live in a time where there's war going on. And I'm not quite sure what will happen in the United States. I know what's happening in Ukraine. I know what's happening right now in Transnistria. I know what's going to happen probably in Moldova. I'm seeing it in Myanmar. I'm seeing people that are being killed and there's war everywhere. And if there's a time where we need to stand, it's now. And I'm not saying that politically. I'm just saying, let's just stand for the word. Let's just do what's right. Let, let's stand for the truth. Let's just uh, be uh, willing to take a stand for the convictions that we have in God's word. Um, and you know this, but we, we cannot live out the word of God if we're not in the word of God. So stand for what's right. Um, if, we're, if we're not to waver in the truth, then we must read and know the truth or we'll, we won't stand. So... Um, What's the first one? What's the first word I gave you? Declare. De declare. Okay. What's the second? Go. Go. What's the third one? Stand. Stand. Okay. All of those have to do with the word of God. There's one more. It's, it's a softball. It's just live. Live. Live out the word. Um, we cannot live out the word if we're not in the word. And we will not live out the word if we're living for the world. So we read it. How are we doing in reading it? I'm going to have you just um, somewhere on your paper between 1 and 10. Just uh, give yourself a little test here. 10 being absolutely phenomenal. I'm knocking it out of the park. I'm nailing it every day. And 1 being I'm embarrassed. I have to put down 1. Uh, if I could put down a negative, I would, Okay. 1 to 10, how are you doing in reading God's word on a consistent basis? And I'll say consistent five days out of the week. Put it down. Where are you? Here's another one. Memorizing God's word. 1 to 10. You're like, oh, I knew you were going to go there. Okay. I'm not good at memorizing. Really. But you can give me every 80s song available. But you don't know God's word. We've always said this. If we close those doors and lock them, 
And you were not allowed to leave until you wrote down 20 verses by heart. How many of you would have your funeral in this room? <laughs> Some of you would be like, Jesus wept, that's one, that's one, okay? Memorize. And here's, here's what I found out. Um, when I memorized scripture when I was young, I memorized it from a Bible. And now I can get my Bible on my phone. It's very difficult to memorize. Because when someone says, hey, tell me 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 5, I can tell you it's in the right-hand corner about a quarter of the way down. And I see 1 Corinthians 13, and I can tell it to you. But on a phone, that's very difficult to do. And so how are you doing in memorizing God's word? Um, how are you doing in meditating on it? When I say meditating, you're thinking about it throughout the day. Have you been thinking about God's word at all today? In the course of your work, in the course of everything that's going on, have you been meditating, chewing on it, uh, of what God's word says, of knowing it, learning it, and living it? Great verse, Joshua 1.8. I think most of us know it. Can we read it together? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. What do you see there that's important in that verse? We're to meditate. What else do we see that's important in this verse? Day and night. Day and night. You're like, well, they didn't have a nine-to-five job. No, no. Day and night. Meditating upon it. Man, I need this as well. What else do you see that's important in this verse? Yeah, you're going to be successful. It may not be for money, but you're going to be blessed in a way that goes beyond money, okay? Because you've been in God's word. You'll be prosperous and successful. What else do you see in this verse? What? Careful to do. Careful in doing according to what is written in it. That's how we live it out, okay? It means nothing if I stand up here and I say, I'm going to read you all of Psalm 119 tonight. And then we don't go and do anything with it, okay? And I, that has happened to me, where someone has shared the word of God, and I'm like, man, that it was really good, but I don't go and apply it in my life. Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my mouth that I may not sin against you, O Lord. How does a young man or an old man make his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Guys, I want to ask you, what are you hiding in your heart that's taking precedent? What is it that's there? And then Psalm 119, 105, I said it earlier, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Um, it's not up there tonight, but Psalm 119, verse 112. My heart is set on keeping your decrees until sometime next week. Is that what it says? No. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And if we're not reading God's word, God's word there is no way we're going to be comfortable in living out God's word. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God remains forever. So I'm going to set you loose in your groups. I'm going to give you 15 minutes. I want to give you a little bit of uh, instruction here. 
When we are out on the road, we do what's called observation interpretation application. Observation is basically, what does it say? Don't read into the text, just tell us what it says, all right? It's like you're walking into a, a crime scene. I walk into Jim's house, I see blood on the floor, I see a pillow, I see a chair that's overturned, I see Shirley there, Jim's there with a gun. You know, I mean, oh, that's a gruesome uh, thing I'm giving you, man. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's like you're walking into a crime scene, just tell me what you see, that's observation. I don't want to know what it means yet. I don't want to know what it means, that's interpretation. Just tell me what it says. So tonight, I want you to go through Psalm 1, and I want you to make observations. What do you see? Asking the who, what, where, when, how, and why. I've given you a little bit of help here. And take the next 15 minutes and take some time, make observations of what Psalm 1 says. Okay? So go ahead, and then we'll come back. All right, gentlemen, uh, as you were going through Psalm 1, I think you see the heart of the person that is in the Word and reading the Word. It's giving a, a colorful example of him that he is like a tree uh, beside the waters, bearing fruit in their life, uh, prospering. Uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord. You see, uh, we were mentioning back there, you see the first few verses, you see location. That someone who wants to honor the Lord is not going to be sitting with uh, sinners and it's not going to be, you know, scoffers and uh, it's not going to be walking with them and, and uh, fellowshipping with them. And so that doesn't mean that we completely shut off anyone that doesn't know Christ, but uh, pick your location. Uh, and so hopefully uh, you made some observations. I want to just read it one more time and then just take a couple minutes yet to share and then uh, we'll close Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So hopefully uh, uh, just being able to see the power of God's word. Um, the next slide you're going to see is uh, Scripture talks about our eye gate. The eye gate is the eye gate to our soul. Uh, what we are looking at determines our thinking, determines our destination, determines our decisions. And I was just thinking about this the other day, that if my eyes are focused on the Word of God and reading the Word of God, an outpouring of that is going to be wisdom. And look around in this room tonight. There is wisdom in this room. Many of you have been believers for a long time, and the experience and the wisdom that you have is incredible largely due to you knowing the Word, living out the Word in your life. If you uh, need guidance, if you need direction, you're not going to go to a fool. You're going to go to somebody that you trust, somebody that is wise. Uh, we were just saying, uh, I've got a friend who just lost his mom. And we talked yesterday. He said, Craig, I didn't know who else to go to. And I thought of you. And so 
uh, with the eye gate of what we're seeing is going to be either the word of God, which ends up being wisdom. And Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Or, here's the next one, our eye gate is on us. Our eye gate is on the things of the world. It's on our flesh. And how many of you like to, like to pamper the flesh, appease the flesh? Uh, we think, oh, man, I deserve this. I have been working hard all week. I deserve such and such. I need a little break. And we begin to view things through a worldly point of view, through the flesh, through our own strength. And in doing so, our mind is a mess. It's going everywhere. And if you've ever met with somebody who is, their mindset is on the world and their mindset is on themselves and what they can get and obtain and grab, their mind is a mess. And Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom. And that's supposed to be instruction. Um, uh, the next slide, you'll see the sword of the Spirit dis dismembers the enemies in the world's lies. <clears throat> we know that. We know that. Um, it shreds the enemy's lies, the world's lies. <clears throat> the sword of the Spirit defeats doubt or anxiety. And maybe you're here tonight, and man, you have struggled. If there's one thing that I know for sure that COVID did, it brought anxiety and stress in people's lives more than any other time in my life. More depression. And yet the Word of God takes care of that. So the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, defeats doubt or anxiety. Why? Why does the Word of God defeat anxiety and doubt? Because the focus no longer is on me. The focus is on Him. Um, the sword of the Spirit defeat, or defends the upright. The sword of the Spirit discredits the fool. <clears throat> so I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just close your eyes for a second, if you would, all of us in here so I can take a drink. I want you to just listen to this with your eyes closed. A new believer in Jesus was desperate to read the Bible. However, he lost his eyesight and both hands in an explosion. Then he heard about a woman who read Braille with her lips. He tried to do the same, but he discovered that the nerve endings of his lips had also been destroyed. Later, he was filled with joy when he discovered that he could feel the Braille characters with his tongue. He had found a way to read and found joy in the scriptures. How many of us would go to that extent? You can open your eyes. How many of us would go to that extent to read God's word with our very tongues? So declare his word, go and share his word, stand for his word, and live out his word. Guys, when I uh, was preparing for this, I thought, what, what can I share about the word of God that you have not heard already? And I think sometimes it's just a reminder. If you're not in the word of God, tomorrow's a new day. Okay? If you say, man, I am sitting here and I have not cracked open the Bible in who knows how long. Tonight, tomorrow, 
is a new day. It's a new start. One step at a time. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, you know what, I'm in the Word of God every day, and I would say praise the Lord for that. That's fantastic. But declare His glory, His goodness, the gospel. Go and have something worthy to share with others. And stand firm in the truth. And what's the last one? Live it. Every single person in here tonight has a name. So I'm going to count to three, and I want you to give me your first and last name as loud as you can. One, two, three. Craig Peters. When someone hears your name, what do they see? Do they see somebody who is living out the Word of God? Because every name has a story, and every story has the potential to transform our lives from the inside out. And only the Word of God can do that. So take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you again for tonight. Thank you for the challenge that we all need of just staying true to your word. That, um, Lord, we live in a time where so many things are faltering. So many things are going from bad to worse. And yet we see the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. Your word will always stand true. And so, Lord, if that is true, and we, we know it is, then help us to be able to read your word and be able to defend your word and take up the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, offensively, defensively. May your word be a freeze-frame moment in our lives. When we look back on our lives, we can say some of the richest, most wonderful times of my life is when I was close to the Lord and I was in his word, the sword of the Spirit. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.